0: Hi folks and welcome to the Dirt Road Cowboys Christian Podcast. My name is Dean, also known as the Dirt Road Cowboy. And whether this is your first time listening in or if you're a repeat listener, I want to thank you. It means a lot to me. Today we're going to talk about the question, who is my neighbor? Now Jesus was asked this question in the Bible. So let's kind of recap. In the scriptures, we read about a man who asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is. Jesus said, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Then the man said, well, who is my neighbor? Trying to trap Jesus or whatever, but it's an interesting question, so let's go with it. Then Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you're not familiar with it, you should read your Bible, because it's in there. And most everyone in the world knows the parable of the Good Samaritan. At least they've heard the term and they kind of know where it comes from. But anyway, it's about this guy who was going along and he was beaten up and left for dead by robbers. And a couple of religious people, a priest and a Levite, passed by him on the other side of the road. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. But one of his enemies, people that they couldn't stand, a Samaritan, came up and helped the man, dressed his wounds, and took him back to his hotel, to the inn. And told the innkeeper to take care of him until he got better and that he would take care of the bill when he got back if there was anything left. So then Jesus asked the man, which of these people was the neighbor to the man who would gotten beaten up? And the man said to Jesus, well, obviously the one who did good to him. Jesus commended him on his answer and told him to do the same thing. Jesus did not say, wrong, that was a trick question because all men are your neighbors. He didn't say that they were all neighbors. He didn't say that the religious hypocrites that didn't have anything to do with them was a neighbor to the man. He didn't preach about the universalism of the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God. No, none of that stuff is biblical. Jesus did not say that all men are brothers with one father. Jesus was not a preacher of universalism. Not everyone is a child of God. Jesus said that some were children of the devil. The devil has his children. I've met some of them. There is no hope for most of them. In the parable of the farmer that sowed seed, and the enemy came in while the farmer was sleeping and sowed evil seed. He sowed in weeds and thorns and stuff. And as the plant started growing up, the servant came to the farmer and said, well, didn't you sow good seed? And the farmer said, yes. And he said, well, why is there thorns and weeds and stuff coming up with your good seed? The farmer said, an enemy must have done this. Then the servant said, well, should we go and rip out all the thorns and the weeds? And the farmer said, no, let them grow together because when you rip out one, you may damage the good crop too. In the harvest time, that's when we'll do the separation. And the ones that were evil seed were bundled up and cast into the fire, kind of like the devil's children. Well, that's a parable showing that some people are not going to make it into heaven. Not everyone is a child of God. Some are the seed of the devil. Jesus did not say that there was a chance that if you let them grow up together, that the enemy's seed would all of a sudden become converted and turn into good seed, that the weeds and the thorns would become useful and they would get saved. They were not going to become something good. They were what they were. There was no hope for the thorns and the weeds to turn into a wheat harvest or whatever because... They were not the bright seed jesus knew that not everyone could or would be saved in his time the jews believed that there were three books in heaven one book had those that were destined to be saved another book had those that were destined for damnation and the third book had a list of people who were yet to be determined and it's kind of weird because our religion doesn't teach us these kind of things these days but that's what the jews believed in jesus day These are the books that are talked about in the book of Revelation. The people were being judged by, whether they appeared in the books of life or not. So then what about the scripture that talks about God being long-suffering and not wanting anyone to be destroyed but for all to be saved? What was Peter talking about then? Was he talking about God wants everyone in the world to be saved? No. If you look back in history, remember to take all the scripture in context. Don't just make it up and say whatever your religious teachers have taught you to believe throughout the years, because most of them are clueless. They heard from someone else, they heard from someone else, they heard from somewhere else, and it sounded good to them at the time, so they made a doctrine out of it. But what Peter was talking about was the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, when the people came up to him and said, where is all this destruction that was going to happen? Where is this end of everything that you kept preaching about? And that's when Peter said that God is long-suffering, not wanting anyone to be destroyed in the destruction of Jerusalem, hello, but for all men to be saved. All the Jewish people. He wanted to save the Jews, and he was waiting for them to come around. And we know that that didn't happen because millions died when the Romans took over Jerusalem and destroyed it in 70 AD. Well, that was much after what Peter was talking about in the scripture, because Peter was dead by the time it happened. But that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about God was going to save the whole world. He wanted all mankind to be saved from all the four corners of the earth or something. No, he was talking about Jerusalem. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Keep everything straight. Don't make up stuff that goes along with your beliefs and your religion. Keep the word true. So because of that, Jesus knew that not everyone was going to be saved. Plus knowing, you know, from God himself, that not everyone was going to be saved. But Jesus also did not say for us to love everybody. Now that might come as a shock to you. Because we read it in the scripture where Jesus said that we're to love one another. He was talking to 11 disciples. as Judas wasn't with him. Judas had already gone to betray him. He was not talking to the whole world. We go and teach it like Jesus was making a mass commandment to the entire world, but he was telling them, those 11, to love each other. There was a lot of bickering and infighting with those people. He wanted them to love each other. And then we are to love the rest of the body of Christ, the rest of the church, Christians. He knows that we can't love all of mankind. That's way beyond our limited ability. That is a quality that God possesses, and he doesn't expect us to love everybody. We don't know everybody. How can we possibly love everybody? There are people that have done evil to us, to our family members. There have been rapes and murders and violent things and evil committed. He didn't say that we're supposed to love them. We're supposed to turn them over to God for vengeance. Jesus said that we're supposed to be praying day and night for vengeance. be avenged against our enemy. Like I said before, he told us in one of the teachings about the woman and the unjust judge, how she cried out for vengeance day and night upon her adversary. And the judge gave in and he told us how we should be crying out for vengeance day and night. But when he comes back, will there be faith? Faith for what? Believing for a new Mercedes, a big screen TV? No, for vengeance. Read the scriptures like they're written, not like you want it to say. Don't believe some new age fantasy about it. So if we're supposed to be praying for vengeance against the true evil, and I don't mean someone posts a mean tweet about you. You go out and you call down destruction on them. Or if someone rejects you, you call down fire from heaven. I'm talking about covenant breaking, murders, and evil that deserve death. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He also said that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I will repay. And that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Well, that doesn't sound like some new agey, forgive them all and let them all go free kind of a thing. That'd be like just opening up all the prison doors and saying, I forgive you all, I pardon everybody. Well, that's completely wrong. And even though it has been going on in this day and age, it is insane and it is not godly. But anyway, it's hard enough to love people that are close to you, like your neighbors, your family members, or church members, if you're part of a church group, that is. So what are we supposed to do then? Well, we can start off by showing love to those close to us, church, family, friends, and co-workers. If God puts someone else in your heart, then he probably wants you to reach out to them too. But if someone's not being put on your heart, don't expect the impossible. You do your best and trust God to help you to do Whatever he wants you to do. You do what you can and let the Holy Spirit flow through you to touch those around you. Don't worry about loving everybody. That's God's job anyway. Your job is just to be obedient and seek God to find his specific will for your life. Some people are called to be more compassionate and loving towards strangers and other people. Some have a love for animals. Some have a love for nature and creation. All of creation is crying out for the manifestation of the sons of God or the children of God, to set it free from sin and death. You need to do your part to restore the earth and make it like heaven so that Jesus can return. He's waiting for us to put that last enemy under his feet, and that last enemy is death. We have a calling to stop death in all of the ways that it is destroying creation. We have the power to do it if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit created it all to begin with. So he can enable you to recreate things as they were originally intended. And that's what it's all about. That's the reason Jesus said to make disciples, not just converts. We all have a part to play in making heaven on earth. And we must train others to do their part too. So first we have to learn, then we have to train others. It's not time to be sitting around, going to church once a week, and expecting that that's going to fulfill your religious obligation. If you really love Jesus... You'll want him to come back. And it's in our power to make the way for him to come back. Let's do it. Let's bring him back to those that he loves. He's waiting. I've seen him. He is really, really wanting to come back. And we're stopping it. We're holding him back. Let's want to be reunited with him. Don't expect him to be doing the whole thing. It's up to us. That's why he gave us the power and authority in his name. And that's where we're going to end it this time, people. I hope you take it all to heart, that you let all this burden go of feeling that you have to love everybody and that everybody in the world's your neighbor. They're not. You have your immediate area, other people have their immediate areas, and it all works together. If we make disciples that go around, do the works of Jesus, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils and everything else, and bring the love of God through that, like Jesus did, then we'll have people wanting to be our neighbor. And right now, I want to pray over you that the eyes of your understanding be open to knowing God's will, his specific will for your life, that you'll find it and start working on it so we can start changing this place, bringing heaven to earth, bringing those that are supposed to be gods to God, bringing those that have a choice to God and not worrying about the ones that are already damned And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. I'll be back again in a couple weeks folks. Until then if you want to find out more about me you can visit my website at www.dirtroadcowboy.com. Find out a little bit more about me and what's going on in my life. See some contact information and whatever else. This is the Dirt Road Cowboy signing out. Bye y'all.